The following was recorded in March 2019 at the Endocrine Society's annual meeting in New Orleans. Hello, I'm Aaron Lohr, and this is the Endocrine News Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about how time-restricted eating may help prevent breast cancer. With us right now is Dr. Manasi Das of the University of California, San Diego. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Aaron, for inviting me to share my research. And currently, I'm working as a postdoc, as you mentioned, in the University of California, San Diego. And we're very happy to have you with us. Your title of your end of presentation is Time-Restricted Feeding Delays Breast Cancer Initiation and Growth in a Mouse Model of post menopausal obesity. So as your abstract title implies, your work involved the mouse study of postmenopausal obesity. Before we get to your results, I just want to talk a little bit about the association between postmenopausal obesity and breast cancer. What do we know about that sort of relationship? As we know, breast cancer is the most common cause of cancer mortality in women in the developed country. And the second most uh, common cause of cancer mortality in the developed countries and the most common cause of cancer mortality in the developing countries. Mm-hmm. And obesity is really a high risk factor for breast cancer and particularly in postmenopausal obese women. And in fact, if we can see the like the studies has been done, the chances of having breast cancer increased by 40% in the postmenopausal women compared to anything. That's a very significant number. Yeah, it's a very significant. Now, when most people think about dietary interventions, they're thinking about what they eat, not so much when they eat. And, and your study is looking a little bit more at when we eat. So why is the when so important? Yeah, it's very true. Like when people think about the dietary intervention, the first point they think about is what they eat. But like research suggests that like it is also important when we eat than like what we eat. And before understanding why this when is important, we should know like what are the factors that links obesity with the breast cancer. Studies suggest that like the circadian rhythm that means like activity of a, a normal human being throughout a 24 hour of time, the normal metabolism, that those are the factors that actually links obesity with the breast cancer. And when we switch our timing of eating from a normal regular time to a non-eating time, like in, for example, in the nighttime, the circadian rhythm or the metabolism, they get deregulated. So if we do that, like, we are having more chances of having breast cancer than if we don't follow that one. So it is really very important when we eat than what we eat. And if we take an example of like, for example, the Ramadan fasting events, that's a religion event when people do fasting in the daytime, they have very small amount of improvement in their metabolism and the circadian rhythm. But like because they are just switching their fasting time, Instead of like nighttime fasting, they are just fasting in the daytime. That's why they are having less improvement in their metabolism. But like studies have shown that for prolonged nightly fasting, 
condition they have shown improved in the metabolism as well as like the biomarker for breast cancer risk so they have shown that like prolonged nightly fasting is improving your biomarker for breast cancer so that's why like it is more important when you eat not just what you eat I really appreciate that explanation. It's something that I, I care about. You know, I'm someone who's probably trying to lose weight, and I think about what hours are best to eat and which hours are best not to eat. So when we say like a nightly fasting is being a good idea, is it, is it a stretch of time, like a 12-hour block? or? Studies have shown that in human uh, women, a minimum of like 13-hour fasting is needed if you want to take care of your breast cancer risk, like reduce the breast cancer risks. Mm-hmm. But even if 10 to like 12 hours of fasting is sufficient, if you just want to lose your body weight or improve your metabolism in the nighttime. So I want to come back to your study because you have a, a mouse model of postmenopausal obesity. Can you describe how you developed that model? Yeah, so this study actually has been done in the postmenopausal uh, obese mice model. So we actually developed two kind of postmenopausal mouse model. In first mouse model, what we did, we just surgically removed the ovary mm-hmm. of the mouse and then put them on the high fat diet, like 60% high fat diet. That's a very rich high fat diet, but it is similar to what we are eating the burger and pizza every day. So and that's the one model we developed. And then in another model, we injected the mouse continuously for 50 days with the chemical called VCD. That's caused overtoxicity. And that's how we are getting rid of like the ovary at the end of the, st- like the time frame of injection. And then that eventually will develop the postmenopausal uh, obese mice model. And then at some point with the model, you had to introduce the development of breast cancer. So how did you bring that in? So after actually like having the mouse model develop and then having them uh, feeding on the high fat diet to make them obese, like after they gain certain body weight, like 45 gram, for example, mm-hmm. we considered them as obese. And then at that point, we injected two different breast cancer cell lines into the mammary fat tissue. So that's the area like where generally the breast cancer develops. So we injected them sub-Q with the two breast cancer cell line that is syngenic like to the mice BL6 we used. And at any point did you um, look at hyperinsulinemia? Yeah, we definitely did. Actually, in our study, we studied various metabolic parameters which includes the glucose sensitivity, insulin sensitivity, and then we saw that like uh, with the time-restricted feeding condition, we are controlling the body weight, we are controlling the glucose sensitivity, and then we are also controlling the insulin sensitivity of the mice. So now that we have a good understanding of of the mouse model and, and, and how you developed it and what you did, what effect did you find? that time-restricted eating had on tumor development and growth? What did you find? Like most important factor of our study is like we found that like with the time-restricted feeding, we really had a significant reduction in the tumor growth and as well as in tumor initiation. That's uh, 
really very uh, significant and we bring down the tumor growth up to the level to the tumor growth where the mice are on the normal chow condition basically mm -hmm. instead of they are on the hyphid diet so the tumor are still comparable to the mice on the normal chow condition uh, this is fascinating did you have an any explanation as to why you would see this anti-tumor effect yeah sure like for example because in my, our preliminary study we study for first what is the effect of the trf on the metabolism itself and then there we found that the trf is improving your insulin sensitivity so we thought maybe insulin because we know that insulin is a very potent mitogenic factor so we thought that, that maybe time restricted feeding is following insulin dependent mechanism to reduce the tumor growth so for that like to understand that thing what we did we implanted insulin pump that will deliver a constant dose of insulin throughout the day in a normal chow feeding mice and then injected the same breast cancer cell line to see first the effect of the insulin on those breast cancer cells on the tumor development and we found that compared to the saline pump implanted mice grow the insulin pump implanted mice group is having higher tumor growth at the end of the study. So that gives us an idea that, yeah, insulin is a driving factor there. And to further validate that thing, what we did, we took the obese mice and then again implanted the insulin pump into the mice on the hepatite. And then as a control, we had the saline pump group. And we found that even if, like with the obese hyphatite mice group implanted with the saline pump, the tumor growth was reduced, but with the insulin pump group, the tumor was significantly higher. Mm. That's clearly indicate that definitely insulin is playing a more important role in driving the tumor growth here. And then our time pressure feeding intervention is acting through insulin-dependent mechanism. And to further validate this thing, we took different tumor from different groups and studied the insulin signaling in the tumor itself. And then we found that the insulin signaling is reduced by the time pressure feeding intervention compared to the atlipitum hyphetate group. That's how we come to a conclusion that insulin-dependent mechanism is being taken care of by the time pressure feeding intervention here. After... This wonderful explanation of your work, a lot of our listeners are, are probably wondering what's next. We knew that this is a, a mouse study. Does this, do you see this carrying over to people? Is this something, this time-restricted feeding and, and breast cancer risk, is this something that we as people should be considering as well? Yeah, it's already like being implemented in one of the study in the human patients, mm. like in one small cohort of the human, women with postmenopausal obesity condition. The prolonged nightly fasting, that's a time pressure feeding intervention, has reduced the breast cancer marker. But I vision this is going to be a non-pharmacological approach to reduce breast cancer in near future. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your work with us on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me here. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Endocrine News Podcast. To learn more, visit www.endocrine.org slash podcast. There you can find this episode and some helpful links. You can subscribe to Endocrine News Podcasts on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes. 
And if there's a topic you'd like to see us cover on the podcast, let us know by emailing us at podcast at endocrine.org. Thanks again for listening. Endocrine News Podcasts are a free service of the Endocrine Society. To learn more or to become a member, visit the Society's website at www.endocrine.org.